0: i do kind of wonder what happens though after the os's do leave uh do they just revert back to siri or something i don't know what they <laughs> <do>.
1: <laughs> welcome to sincast presented by cinema
0: everybody, welcome to the CINCAST. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello! And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Scher. Hey! Hey! Yeah. I uh, actually did the double thumbs up, too. Hey!
2: Uh,
0: today we're going to be continuing our best of the decade, the two th- 2010s. Uh, and we'll be going over to the two regions that we haven't gotten to yet on the second round it is the uh, south region and the west region
2: Ooh, Ooh. spicy regions and there are southwest
0: uh, yes and there are some uh some juicy ones in here some that i just uh like how do you pick for real yeah like yeah seriously um and 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 once we get those through there it gets to the sweet 16 and i'm like seriously these are all coin tosses at this point
3: maybe that will actually be what happens
0: yeah
1: (laughs) exciting that'll be exciting to listen to yeah (laughs) all right everybody
0: (laughs) yeah exactly uh let's uh let's go to the south region and let's start off with let's say yeah let's do this one uh the seven seed her no two seed arrival.
1: No, Whoa! don't do this. See, I don't no. look
3: ahead of time. Um and so these always these announcements always blow my mind cuz I completely forget what you've told me from last week. That is impossible. <laughs> both of them oh, have
0: geez. Amy Adams.
3: They do, and they both they have do. aliens. Wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> um yeah, so were set in
1: the near future is is arrival in the future. I know it gets into to time as a construct, but is it set in a near future?
0: No, I got the sense that it was the present.
1: It was the present day.
0: Yeah, like what if this happened right now? Okay. Um. Yeah. And, I mean, there may be clues somewhere in there that it's like a year or two later, but I don't remember one. Um. Are
1: there any direct clues about when when exactly her takes place?
0: No. You know, uh, no. I watched her this morning.
3: Ooh. <laughs> That's a pick-me-up. It is.
0: It is a pick-me-up. I you you hate this ending so
1: much or like devastates you that you think this is a downer. That's because
3: because you think the main character is the OS. And I think the main character is Joaquin. And uh, let's let Chris finish what he was going to say about having seen it this morning.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that, uh, I think that her is probably a time in the future because the games that they play in there are not anything that we can really do the interface of it uh obviously OSs aren't that advanced at this point uh they are going to probably be that at some point um but uh it's it's definitely in a it's definitely in a future maybe not too distant future but definitely in the future in the not
3: too distant mm. future
0: <laughs> <laughs> um uh but uh i love this world that spike jones sort of creates here um uh, just I don't I love the fact that there's a point in her where Amy Adams is talking to Joaquin Phoenix and she says that she starts going over basically other scenarios where the OS is in a relationship so she says I know this person who's in a relationship with an OS I also know somebody who is trying to get in a relationship with somebody else's OS <laughs> and I know that there's I know that there's a, a scenario where there's an OS that does not, like well does not like that person in that way so uh. she constantly rebuffs this person so there's a whole bunch of different iterations uh and you sort of get that from the the point where walking phoenix gets this uh os for the first time and it starts asking him questions and the main question it asks after it asks whether it wants you want to have a male or female voice is what is your relationship with your mother? And, uh, and he he says, "Well, it's fine, it's fine." Well, I I don't know. And then just cuts off, cuts him off. All right, we know what, we know what this is about. And, <laughs> and then and then gives him you know gives him Samantha, and uh, and uh, just the 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 little scenarios that that this movie invents are so fun. You know, just the idea that there's a market for. Uh, a third person to enter into a human slash OS relationship to be the physical embodiment. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it really thinks about its world and how that would affect uh, your relationships in the real world and what you could actually do with this technology. And um, there's a, there's another thing in this that, I, that I was thinking of during this uh, sex scene that's in this movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um i wonder I wondered if uh the samantha o s is so advanced that she actually does have a body in her mind, and that the sensations that she's feeling are real uh I got that sense too uh that she's not just imagining some what it's what this might feel like, but she can actually feel it because she has. She's so complex in her thoughts and what she there's, there's several moments in this where you can see how the OS distances is distances themselves from humans. There's a point where Joaquin Phoenix is reading a physics book and he's like on the first page and he's like, man, halfway through this, I can't, I can't get anywhere near uh, what I need to on this book. Meanwhile, Samantha probably read that book uh, like in 0.02 seconds and understood everything. Mm. Um there's a lot of stuff like that. She there's a point where she's having a conversation with that philosopher that they, that the OS is all built together. I think uh is it Brian Cox that's the voice? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so, so. Brian Cox. Yeah. Uh, that uh that that she's like, we're having twelve conversations at one time and and things like that. Stuff that humans can't really uh figure out on their own because they only have this this brain, basically. So even stuff like that where she's having sex i i feel like she's actually feeling
1: it i i got the the feeling too um do you think the developers of this technology intended for this to eventually happen <clears throat> meaning not not maybe not the collective unconscious or whatever but for each os to evolve to the point to where they would be humans because she starts off essentially as his assistant right like she reads his emails And she checks his calendar and she makes his phone calls. But like, do you think it was intended all along to become at least some approximation of what she becomes later on?
0: It's hard to say because I feel like humans are the ones who built this OS and they don't know what the possibilities of it are. Yeah. And I think that the reason I think that, no, I think the answer is no, they never intended for this to happen. Um, I think they thought this is an amazing AI and that it's always going to be subservient and it's always going to know that it's a computer, uh, but it's going to sound to us like a human. They didn't realize right. that it would become its own sentient self and everything. So I, I think that the the movie does a pretty good job of distancing itself between what the, the OS knows and what it can do between what the humans can do. And that's what I read into it is that the humans never intended for this. Because one point I'm sitting there thinking, wow, what a, what a PR nightmare this is. If you're a business selling this OS and the OS like doesn't exactly behave the way the human wants it to, Mm. like it may do all the things that it wants to, but it's got its own thing that it wants to go off and do. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to piss people off.
1: Well, there's no, at least I don't think so, there's no like Oscar Isaac and Ex Machina character that you see as the mastermind of all this stuff, right? No.
3: I think it's just a company. I think it's just like, honestly, I think it's like Apple or somebody, and you probably even signed away in some long-ass terms and conditions document, um, you know, any right to sue if the OS doesn't do what you want it to do or leaves you to be part of some... Space consciousness,
0: breaking your heart. <laughs> hey, he's got Amy Adams at the end. They're hugging each other on the rooftop. They're good. That doesn't um, mean they're going to be together, does no, it? They probably won't be together. Actually, mm. I mean, mm. you know, he does mention. God, that. I
1: love their relationship. Yeah. I love the the fact that. I don't think it ever it doesn't seem to me that it was ever sexual or did he say that they did date at some Dead point? They
0: date for a, a minute is what he says. Who however long a minute supposed to be in that in that uh, universe but I uh, said it, But it, they're it,
1: such good friends, you know.
0: Yeah, he just says that it it just didn't wasn't it didn't work out because it just wasn't right or something like that. So, it was very vague. That was a question that I had for the movie though because Apparently, Rooney Mara, the one he marries, is like a lifelong friend, I thought, at least like childhood friend even. Yeah, they yeah, know yeah. each other yeah, forever, yeah. And, um, and I don't know where he had time to date Amy Adams if he was dating Rooney Mara at the time, or, I mean, it, there's a number of ways that could have happened, but I'm just saying that it felt like that Rooney Mara was always there uh, during that, during his dating and then uh, subsequent marriage and everything, this guy's
3: uh, life, man. He's he's been with Amy Adams and Rooney Mara and a date with Olivia Wilde and he falls in love with Scarlett Johansson.
0: Mm-hmm. He does, yeah, he does. Yeah.
3: And and I still bawl my eyes out for him at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I mean, you
1: can see he's got the combination of certainly the 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 creativity. And the 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 words that he can generate for yeah. these these things. So I think he's got game, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's good looking. Uh like I said, he there's some traditional like movie star uh shots of him in this. And I guess he's moderately successful. I mean he's he's got this kind of Smallish apartment, I guess, but he can afford this OS system, and mm-hmm. you know he's he's work got a steady job.
0: I do kind of wonder what happens though after the os's do leave. Uh, do they just revert back to Siri or something? I don't know what they. Do. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know? Yeah, whatever, whatever the previous you know incarnation was, they'd have to right because then this is how humanity learns a lesson. If we make it any smarter than the line must be drawn here. Mm-hmm. If we make the computer any smarter, they're going to leave us eventually. I
0: do love the part, too, where uh, Chris Pratt asks him if he wants to come out with his girlfriend to that, you know, the boating and the beach and all that. And and uh, Joaquin Phoenix is like, yeah, I can bring my girlfriend. I just wanted to tell you that it's an OS, though. And he goes, cool. Well, we're doing it like blah, blah, blah. He just doesn't even, yeah. doesn't even acknowledge. He's just like, yeah. cool. <laughs> um, it, mo- it goes up against a rival Um, Mm. and uh, Arrival's just so good. It's just so good. And I know that Arrival and Her, this is a, this is a tough matchup, but Arrival is, um, God, man, is it, it's, it's, it thinks about things on a different level. Both of these movies think of things on different levels. Um, and, uh, and I really, I just, (laughs) <laughs> trying to pick between these two is going to be so hard. So hard. Um, if you
1: if you just ask, like a random person said, came up to me and said, what do you think the best movie of the last decade was? These two would pop instantly in like the top, I don't know, five or so. Mm-hmm. And we have to choose between.
3: <laughs> I mean, you think the average person would say that or you think you would say that?
1: I would say that. Okay, I, I was I, Like say. immediately, if, if like, you know, just kind of like pop quiz, hot shot what would come to mind i think arrival may come come first <laughs> um but then her would be up there too with a, with a handful of these these other ones but i mean those
3: would be kind of my go-to answers well yeah i could see that i don't think the average person would would say either one of these uh although i think arrival has probably a broader reach than her i think more people probably have seen arrival than her i could be wrong what do you
1: think the uh, the, the pop quiz um, standard response from the average person would be for best movie of the
3: last decade? You don't Just even want to know. I don't think you even want to know. I mean, if, it, if they're being generous, it might be the Lego movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Some people are going to say Avengers. Avengers. Uh, some people might even say Wolf of Wall Street. I heard uh, a friend of mine the other day say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is yeah. his best of the decade um or at least in the top uh, uh ranking it's not, it didn't even make our bracket but um <laughs> but like uh you know there's going to be a lot of those different i w- it is it is interesting what the common uh common
1: <laughs> the commoners <laughs> yeah <it's- laughs>
0: Uh I guess that's a Freudian slip because I do think well, of these common people no i uh, <laughs> no uh what what the everyday person who goes to watch you know uh a handful of movies every year is gonna pick as their best one that's a it's a good yeah. it's a good question actually I don't really know
3: I don't think they would pick her or a rival is my point no i think <laughs> these are two uh diamonds in the rough still that have have yet to really reach uh, the mass audience they both deserve.
0: So we heavily, heavily talked about Arrival the last time, and I feel like we've already talked about it a lot, so do we want to go ahead and vote
3: on this I one? mean, <clears throat> the answer's yes, but my heart says no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Is this the first uh, Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve, uh movie that you guys saw? Because I saw this, I think, before any of his other stuff, and it prompted me I saw, to, to watch it.
0: I saw... Uh, prisoners before this
1: okay okay but you hadn't seen sicario before this right
0: uh no sicario came after i did i went on a big run of his movies after arrival where i saw sicario enemy uh and that what's that other one that's one of his first ones he did um
3: a piece of fruit in a cup Piece of fruit in a cup, <laughs> um, but in French.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, I saw a bunch of them after after Arrival for sure. Um, but um, yeah, um, I, I feel like I, I feel like we talked a ton about Arrival last time. So uh, anyway, all that to say, as as beautiful as I think her is, I'm gonna go with Arrival on this one.
1: Oh. I'm gonna go with her. Mm. her. Mm. I think mm. I could I think I think Arrival is close to a perfect movie but it's not to me and this is just picking between your children. To me it's not as enjoyable of a watch as her. Her is so vibrant and there there's so many ideas and there's so much that you can really dive into uh and and there's a lot of people in it.
0: Yeah. And so yeah. I'm going to go
1: <laughs> there are a lot of with people. her. Okay.
3: Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <sighs> uh everything I think of that would win one over the other, uh, the other one has as well, like really high concept that um I'm ga- I'm engaged in um, god. I'm going with her because of oh, the wow. emotional punch. Arrival, I think, is probably more best picture quality. Uh, Maybe, I don't know what to say. I think Arrival (laughs) is in many ways better. Uh, It's certainly more intellectually stimulating. Um, But uh, her wraps itself around my heart and makes me feel even when I'm on the sixth or seventh viewing. So oh, that's, wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everyone. I am sorry. Uh, Kerr, <laughs> upset. On.
0: I think that's a surprise to me. I thought that Jeremy would go arrival for sure. Oh, um,
1: man, I'm surprised.
0: I, I was pretty sure Barrett would go her, but I can't, I'm not upset about, I'm just upset. Arrival's gone.
3: I too. I am, no. uh, I am I, I I'm that's not. a bad I, matchup.
0: I think that. Uh, I mean, I love her moving on. That's that's great. But a rival not being there anymore kind of sucks. I agree. Um, so her will move on the seven seed upsetting the two seed there. Wow. Mm. Uh, her will move on against the winner of the eleven seed Steve Jobs and the three seed The Big Short. Ooh.
3: Mm-hmm. Is that what we're talking next?
0: That is what we're talking. Steve Jobs against the big short.
3: The big jobs. The big <laughs> jobs.
0: There is a there's a way we're we're gonna be discussing two Aaron Sorkin movies today. Um there there's a way that Sorkin writes that is, is so distinct. The thing that I noticed the most in his writing, in his scripts are when you have somebody say something offhand and somebody sort of ignores it and they go on and start talking. I, I, I guess, I don't know what, if he calls it anything, I call it seeding. So he seeds hmm. something in the script where somebody has a dialogue with something. They say, they, they don't really talk about it. They go on with their normal conversation and then a person suddenly remembers the thing that they said a minute or two ago and brings that back up uh <laughs> and they start talking about that and everything it's just a, it's a weird na- it's a weird ebb and flow that goes in these Aaron Sorkin scripts and it's all the way through Steve Jobs oh yeah uh, Steve Jobs has that a ton uh where where somebody will say something offhand they won't talk about it then it comes back later um but uh steve jobs much like social network just it just moves it's just a constantly moving movie um mm-hmm. uh, there's no stop in it really there's no that even though there's uh there's points where people might be discussing something in a room and not moving anywhere the movie is always moving whether uh whether it's uh they flash back to something that they're talking about or you know what there's always something where they're talking and then they flash back where they or they but the dialogue itself is action in those movies mm-hmm. and especially yeah. the thing that we keep talking about with the with Seth Rogen and all that 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 scene right there is just such a you can't tear away from that scene you can't tear away from it if you were had never seen Steve Jobs before and you just happened to land on that scene flipping through channels you would have to watch it to the end that's how good it is.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree.
0: How
1: do you uh how do you like Jeremy? How do you like this guy? Uh this guy, this actual guy, uh as a character so much when you find somebody like Daniel Day-Lewis's character in Phantom Thread so reprehensible.
3: Um because I don't feel like the movie ultimately forgives his prickery. Um, (laughs) I feel like the movie is pretty damning um, about Steve jobs in terms of his personality and the way that he treated people around him. It's the movie. It's humorous in the movie when he makes that guy look at 37 different sharks or whatever the fuck it is to find the right one shark. But if that was your day-to-day routine working for this guy, it's more like swimming with sharks than, you yeah, know, he's yeah. Bill Gates or anything. Mm-hmm. And and I think a movie like Phantom Thread doesn't necessarily forgive all of his prickiness, but it kind of does. Uh, she does, at least. They come to an understanding uh, where the movie seems okay with it. Whereas Steve Jobs doesn't. Steve Jobs, I can appreciate the acting. There are also more, moral compasses in this movie than there are in phantom thread because you've got jeff daniels you've got seth rogan and you've got even um uh titanic kate, uh, winslet. kate winslet okay oh, <laughs> it's, it's, um, there's a lot of moral compasses uh here that are you know showing you how wrong he is uh so I, I, that's how i would off the cuff defend that difference um hmm. i gotcha anyway yeah. um yeah
0: well, everything is a defense mechanism for him. Every single thing that happens is an attack, so he goes off on the defense, and that's why he goes as far as, probably in his mind, joking about getting somebody to kill Catherine Waterson in this movie. <laughs> uh, he thinks it's funny, but it's not, especially in the context of the conversation. Yeah. Um. You know, it's like all I have to do make one phone call. That's all, and 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 you're done. And she's what are you talking about? What do you, you know, <laughs> yeah. what is this? What is this coming from? Um, but like everything in that is is him defending. He never giving an inch, and 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 he's always just sort of defending himself against what he perceives as attacks um, throughout the whole thing. Uh, it's it's a fascinating character study. But I mean, yeah, he is. I mean, I don't. I, he's he. They sort of redeem him by the end of it, especially with him and his daughter. On the uh, parking lot, parking garage rooftop uh, at yeah, the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I guess they sort of do in Phantom Thread too, but we haven't gotten we've we haven't gotten that warmth from him um, all through the whole movie. And he's sort of you know kind of resigns himself into being good <laughs> at the end of Phantom Thread, whereas Steve Jobs looks like he's genuinely uh, uh, affected by all the things that happen in that what
1: did uh larange say on twitter do you remember this jeremy after uh he listened to us pick steve jobs last time he said he did not like it right like it was it was almost soulless or something like that do you remember
3: um i think i remember he he had he remembered it negatively but he 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 did agree that that the performances were really good i think he I don't know how recently uh, he had seen it. I don't really want to put words in his mouth. I don't quite remember, but I I don't think he's alone in that opinion. I think he was mostly surprised at how high we were on it. Mm. Um, And, uh, but I've heard even my brother, my brother asked me for a list of movies to watch because he's, self-isolating like everybody and uh Steve Jobs was one of them and he was like man I really enjoyed that a lot more than I expected to I was like well that's yeah it's kind, of, kind of how I, I was when I well,
1: watched it. Do you, for sure because you don't really know what to expect I mean you you hear it's Danny Boyle and then you hear that it's Aaron Sorkin so maybe you do have a little bit of of uh expectations but you know how do you make a story about three different tech expos essentially yeah. if, uh backstage like how do you make that interesting you if know you yeah.
0: told this in a traditional manner uh where it's just the rise of steve jobs and let's start in 1984 and then look at his life in between you know and uh, in between the expos and just kind of tell it straightforward like that and everything then you, you're gonna have a different experience with this because it's um uh it's it's just not going to move the way it does I, I think it's constantly just crackling the way this movie is moving the entire time whereas if you told it in a traditional biopic method you'd probably hate this guy even more um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh and and it and it wouldn't be nearly as entertaining uh as it is um i would love to know the work collaboration on this like what was danny boyle's idea what was aaron sorkin's idea um
1: well, yeah. It was Fassbender's idea, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, or Fincher. We,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, was well, no, stuff. Fincher. Fincher was attached early. Um, that's came out in the whole Sony email hack. Was oh, funny. that's right. Fincher that's was right. was going to make that movie?
0: Yeah. So. So yeah. Of all those creative minds there, who who was the ultimate? You know, I mean, everybody's going to point and say Danny Boyle ultimately, but um, but this is such a Sorkin script and such a you know. it, It feels like Boyle is sort of keeping up with it. Um, Well, I'll tell you what.
3: I watched the Danny Boyle movie yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah. 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 Uh And I'll give him all the credit for that movie um, that I did not enjoy. Oh, really? Oh, did you not? Is the movie really saying the world absolutely needed, needs the music of the Beatles? Is that really the point of this movie? Because otherwise the point is don't lie and steal other people's work and claim it as yourself. And a a billion movies have that. No,
1: I, okay. 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 Hang on. No, no, it's not saying that it's saying that the world is a better place by having good music in there. And it redeems his actions. I think rightfully uh, by saying that somebody needed to translate it. And he was the only person At least that was willing and able to translate it in the ways that uh, that the Beatles would. So
3: Mm, you're stretching harder than a rubber band.
1: I still. I'm just saying, I enjoyed it. I I really enjoyed. In fact, I I'm like you. I think the Beatles are fantastic, but yet also overrated. But uh, but I really really enjoyed it because it was it was about more than just oh this everybody forgets the Beatles and this guy just decides to start playing them. To me, I it really had feel a lot like
3: more meat. I feel like it is the. I felt the exact opposite. I feel like it is <laughs> a chicken bone with no meat, and it is it is a paint by numbers. I should have been with this girl all along, but I'm an idiot. Movie. Oh my god! Wrapped in a Beatles nostalgia tortilla, and <laughs> at the end, I really felt like the movie was saying the world needs the Beatles music, and that just chafed my. Sad.
2: Mm, mm. <laughs> I think
3: it. I think it's saying that it needs good music, and that
1: the Beatles are, are very, very good music, and they had such right. an expansive catalog. All right. All
2: right.
3: But I
1: tell you what, that Lily, uh, who's the girl from Baby Lily Driver? James. Lily uh, James. Lily James. That's like the the s- most stock character that I've ever seen in a movie, though. Like she's just unrequited love. She right? just will do anything for right? him. And yes, now yeah. and The rest of the movie, I liked
3: all right well i still well, haven't seen we're...
0: it it came on oh. the other day i uh I, I watched about five minutes of it but i didn't have time for it so
3: well we need eventually to know what you think to to split the tie here uh, yeah so it's not, exactly. no rush um uh,
0: <laughs> the, the the danny boyle that i saw uh that came on with slumdog millionaire
3: ah well
1: there you Ooh. go i watched I that. Like yeah it.
0: i don't know why you don't like that movie
1: I don't know why I don't like that movie. But I don't like that it movie. Makes no
0: sense. Makes no sense. The movie's great. Um, yeah, I like that movie. Anyway, um, uh, it go, uh, whatever we were talking about. Steve Jobs. <laughs> Steve Jobs goes up against the Big Short,
3: and I think everybody
0: knows where my heart lies with the Big Short.
3: Uh, it's in that hot tub isn't it it's, with in, the the hot tub.
0: <laughs> it's in the hot tub time machine um, <laughs> but no um, uh, the big short is just such an entertaining funny movie uh, distilling such a complex issue uh, into something that's digestible yet still remaining somewhat complex in the in- entire uh, uh, thing but uh, what a way of telling a story we haven't seen anything really like it Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they could have told this story a number of ways and uh and I you know think it requires somebody like Adam McKay who came from comedy to to sort of uh kick start it a little bit and uh talk about a lot of people man there's a lot of people in movie. <laughs>
1: there are it's funny you know you mentioned Adam McKay and McKay had been making quote unquote dumb movies right, mm-hmm. Talladega Nights and Anchorman. But those movies were so rewatchable because they were secretly smart
2: Mm -hmm. and they
1: had smart actors in them and they had smart writers for them. Uh, And so it's a surprise that McKay could handle subject matter like this translating it. But if you look back on his previous work, maybe, maybe not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, It is kind of hard to believe that this guy made this movie. Although we're seeing that a lot with uh with a lot of directors you know i mean we talked about uh i think last week we talked about how jerry zucker went on to do ghost and and first night and everything and we saw one of the Fairley brothers do green book uh, which is a movie i mean you you can not like that movie or like it it doesn't really matter it's still hard to believe that that guy made that movie (laughs) <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, we're, we're seeing this, uh, quite a, and, uh, Todd Phillips with Joker. Uh, it, it, it feels yeah. like there's almost like, uh, a, uh, a, 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 a turning of the tide where comedy, to dire- comedy directors want to like figure out how to do something dramatic in their lives. Uh, they don't want to be pigeonholed as this comedy to director and everything. And that's happening a lot lately
3: i think um i remember ask, asking after get out and a quiet place you know what's with these comedians making great horror movies and somebody on twitter rightfully pointed out they they understand good timing mm-hmm. like a comedy a lot of people have said in hollywood uh that comedy is harder than drama it's harder to be funny on film than it is to be you know angry or whatever um and so if if somebody is good at comedy they know the beats they understand the setup and the punchline and you can translate that to thrillers and horror and action um so I, it does feel more like a natural progression than i used to think when i was first looking at it from the outside
0: um like so make no mistake the big short is not exactly a drama or anything but it it's definitely a higher level of i don't know uh, I, I hate I hate saying that because comedies to me are the same level as any drama. Mm. Um, uh, that's something that we I think we sort of grow up to believe that comedies are lower because they don't get Academy Award nominations and all of that. But it's hard to do those movies, uh, do a classic comedy anyway. But Big Short is is a little bit elevated as far as performance, and it's not just trying to make jokes left and right or anything. It's not trying to be just silly over and over is what I'm trying to say. Uh but um God, I love this movie so much. I've I've that's seen great. this movie more than any movie in the decade.
3: Wow. Wow. That's a that's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> um I've only seen it the one time. Um I don't don't feel like I should say anything about it. I loved it though. Um, and that was fairly recent, right? Yeah, and it gave me it's funny talking about movies that are, you know, doing comedy in a different way, it felt very similar in tone to Wolf of Wall Street for me, except not as, not quite as mean, but like Wolf of Wall Street, I think you could call that a drama. I think you could also call that a comedy, Uh, but it's an elevated comedy where the subject matter and the acting are all award worthy. Uh, And Big Short felt like the same kind of mix of drama and comedy, um, but you know it's more Wolver of wall street than trading places uh, in terms of the type of comedy um
0: obviously i'm going to pick big short here over steve jobs uh and i'll let you two decide the fate dun,
3: dun, dun. Uh, fuck steve jobs fuck him in the <laughs> ear
0: <laughs> fuck him in the other ear
3: all right so <laughs> i was actually going to agree with the big short here uh because i love steve jobs but i think um, the the whole is not as good as the individual parts um, whereas yeah. The Big Short I think works better as uh, all the pieces moving in fluid motion where if we were just looking for an actor's showcase, both movies would qualify, but I would probably pick Steve Jobs, but as an overall film I gotta pick The Big Short
0: The Big Short will now move on and play against Her the next time mm. <laughs> Um moving on in the south region, we have the five seed gravity versus the four seed the cabin in the woods. Ooh. Mm, classic four five right there. Yeah. That is a classic. Classic. Um, I haven't seen gravity as recently as I saw the cabin in the woods. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, gravity is another, uh, Alfonso Cuaron masterpiece. Uh, there's very little bad to say about it. Is there anything bad to say about gravity?
3: Just mm. the George Clooney vision. I never really liked that too much. The, yeah. that, the very, very helpful George Clooney vision, uh, who's not just popping in to say, you know, boogity, he's like got specific, you know, helpful words to say, and that always mm. troubles me, but yeah. No, you're right. Though that that scene is so out of place
1: because of how realistic the rest of it is. Right? She's losing oxygen. She's losing like her senses essentially. So why would she have this revelation of launching is landing or landing is launching or whatever like as she's losing consciousness? I
0: don't know if it would take you out of the movie more. To have her recall that in flashback while she's getting trained Mm -hmm. or if it's or if it's less uh, taking you out, if he just shows up as a, you know, oxygen deprivation vision um, in in this in this little capsule or whatever, Um, because she does have to recall this. She's having a tough time and it would suck if she just went in there and knew immediately what to do. On this, yeah. you know, but like, uh, uh it, it, I've, I've wrestled with that scene so many times because it's, it's necessary for her to get back, but it's also just, it just feels like George Clooney is coming in to save the day, even though it's not, it's not him. It still feels that way. It feels like the movie. Like somebody at Warner Brothers went over and said, "We need to find a way to get Clooney back in this movie."
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it very much feels like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Haven't you seen Peacemaker?
0: He saves the day. Exactly. <laughs> he can he can find the vodka underneath the uh, the seat too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that. That's really the only only moment in that whole thing, and it's not terrible. It's just that it's just it kind of it's kind of weird when it should when it comes up. Uh, no, everything
1: else is so perfect. Like the the one little bit that sticks out with me, I forget which ship it is. It may be the second one where she, uh, she finally gets in and you have like the, a, a momentary uh, lapse of, no, it's the first one. It's when she gets into the the, the space station ISS and you have this momentary, like, Oh, she's fine. She has that fetal position thing. And then as she's climbing up, looking for, for Matt, you see this little spark of flame go by, and you're like, ah, that's probably fine. And then all of a sudden, like you see, you see like a big fire raging, down the, and then it keeps on going and it keeps exponentially, and then it starts that tension back up again, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like they say in the Martian, NASA hates fire. They do. <laughs> fire yes. in space makes everybody die. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so intense.
0: I don't. I. I. I've never. I haven't had this much of an, that much of an experience in a theater. I mean, I'm trying to think in this past decade, did I have this kind of experience where I was white knuckling my seat, uh, watching it? Cause it's, it's that type of movie. Yeah. Um, when the, when the, all the space trash, uh, finally comes into their little, uh their little area and everything and the the very spare music that plays during it and
2: mm-hmm. everything
0: it really just oh my god you're like uh like anything could just come out of nowhere and just slap her in the face and she's done um yep. and uh and uh it's just one of those it's one of those things man I've, i i'm it's that and mad max fury road probably uh that similar type of uh, situation where you're white knuckling the seats yeah um watching it and watching it in an imax too
1: yeah jesus i still regret that i didn't do that Hmm. or in 3d actually too yeah because that would have been because that movie that movie's intense watching it on my phone Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) yeah
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i can't imagine like actually seeing the the space debris coming at you
0: so it's such a stunning sort of achievement and um and I, I I don't know. It's such a simple movie. There's not much to discuss. It's just that um uh and it feels like we shortchange it sometimes because there isn't. It's an hour and a half, I think.
3: Yeah, it's brisk.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Uh and uh it's it's very basic like uh space trash is coming for you. You need to find a place. <laughs> you need to find a a way to get out of that <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Um uh but uh, it goes up against the cabin in the woods um i did mm. i saw that one i guess what th- three weeks ago i guess somewhere around there so that's how fresh it is in my memory um and uh, it went up against a movie that i, I picked up against it um uh eighth grade is what it went up against mm. mm-hmm. um but uh now that it's going up against gravity i don't know where i'm gonna go um Ooh. but uh <laughs> But man, Cabin in the Woods, another movie that's just so inventive and fun. We've, we've been talking a lot about, there's a lot of these movies in this bracket. Uh, yeah. just, uh, just uh just a, just a, just a super fun, like way of looking at a different kind of genre. Um. Uh. And uh, I love the, I love the idea. I, I think I hate the ending of this movie. Every That's what we always bring up about the Cabin in the Woods. The
1: very ending.
0: Yeah. But I like everything around it. I like the, I like the fact that the, the, that Japan has their own, uh, they, and then we get to see glimpses of, of like what Japan is doing for their, for their, like, whatever is going to happen, you know, like the, 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 the school girls. and you're like, there's no way they're getting out of that. They're like, even Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins are like, well, even if we, we fail, they're going to get, they're going to easily, this is going to, there's no way they're going to fail. And then then by the end of it, like the little girls have figured out how to sing a song and do the seance and all. Oh my God. And
1: and Jenkins goes over and he's
2: like, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you.
1: (laughs) The whole back. I caught this actually the other day. The whole back half of this is the most inventive and fun stuff ever. Like even when she goes down, like he gets stabbed when they're trying to escape in the RV. She goes down into the water, swims up, gets to the dock, and they're already celebrating because they they blew the bridge and all that stuff. And they're already celebrating. Uh, and then, but it's just, you know, the, the the three or four of them or so. And then the the big guy starts attacking her and everything. And then you cut to this wonderful, like, one shot of or close up of Bradley Whitford. He's like, you know, I almost was rooting for this girl. Like, you know, it's not her fault she was put into this thing. You know, sometimes I think, oh, tequila is my
2: lady. (laughs) He sees like uh, he sees the rest of the party coming
1: in, and it's a complete departure. It's the greatest thing ever.
3: Uh, I will say the grossest thing about the movie is the tongue kissing of the wolf face. Yeah. Um, Not anything bloody or stabby, but that uh, making out with that fucking severed head gets me every time. Uh, I look away now. Um,
0: I get I, I I get strangely turned on during that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: think, I think most people do. <laughs> um, uh, oh man, this is when like inventive. I don't know if it's people from the horror genre. I don't think Drew uh, Drew Goddard was, uh, but like when uh, the merman attacks Bradley Whitford and he eats his face, and then the blood comes out, his it's <laughs> Oh, yeah! <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I just have yeah. so much fun watching this movie. It's so
3: great. It's a full-on horror comedy, uh, and I would probably put horror first, even though it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And he must have a thing with two-way mirrors, Drew Goddard, because there's one in this movie, yeah. and then there's several in Bad Times at the El Royale. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, how do we decide here, boys? Mm. yeah Mm. i don't know (laughs) man
1: one is super super fun and super super rewatchable and one
3: is like you said a masterpiece oh man i'll vote first
2: all right right.
3: here's my methodology on this vote um i think uh, gravity is is technically superior i think uh cabin in the woods is creatively superior um cabin in the woods is in my top three horror movies of all time gravity's maybe not in my top five sci-fi movies of all time so i'm going cabin in the woods wow Mm. that was very like measured Mm -hmm. i'm telling you just we're gonna we're gonna be creating all sorts of like reasons to make decisions as we move forward indeed (laughs) what do you think chris
0: uh why 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 you do this to me Well, it, it's going to be Cabin in the Woods. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry, Gravity. Yeah, I I'm glad wanna, you
1: guys made the decision for me. I don't <laughs> want to see
0: Gravity go, but uh, this is one of those, if you have one in front of me, uh, the you have the both of these in front of me, which one am I going to pick? And I'm going to pick the one that's going to make me laugh and uh, is just entertaining throughout. And Gravity does lose just a little something when it's not on the big screen. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, and that's not uh that's not gravity's fault uh it's just that it's a it's it's a much better experience that way um and over time you don't get a chance to watch it on a big screen i'm sure there'll be times where it comes back uh and they 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 do that um but yeah gravity is i think the th- the thing is about it is that it's technically beautiful and it and it's intense It's just so simple. Uh, In the Mm. end, if you're going up against a movie like Cabin in the Woods, you probably need to have some sort of pizzazz in this whole thing. Yeah. um, That, you know, I think Gravity is probably a better movie than Cabin in the Woods. But what do I want to watch? Cabin in the Woods is what I want to watch over Gravity.
1: All right. I think I would have gone that way, too. Mm. You going to make it official? Yeah, I'll make it official.
0: Okay. Uh, The Cabin in the Woods... We'll now go up against probably the toughest matchup against one of the winners of the toughest matchups today. Mm. Uh, the number one seed, The Social Network, versus number eight seed, Parasite.
2: Uh, oh, fuck! I honestly think
0: Parasite <laughs> might be too low of a seed at this point because it's this is the kind of matchup we're getting here <laughs> between one and an eight. Uh, I forgot
3: Parasite was even
0: oh <laughs> i watched the social network uh last night uh nice. to because this was something that i was like how do i pick between the social network and parasite i haven't seen the, so i hadn't seen the social network for probably since last year or something uh and uh again aaron sorkin script that just kind of just moves and just and fincher's trying to keep up with it it's uh, this this feels more fincher than steve jobs feels danny boyle but but um but fincher is always trying to keep up with what's going on in this thing too he's really getting back into his music video roots almost with this movie Mm -hmm. especially when uh zuckerberg is doing this face mash thing at the beginning of the movie uh, that that movie is going all over the place to make sure that you know that this is a how viral of a sensation this face mash is going to be. At first, nobody knows about it. And then by the end of it, everybody's obsessed with it. And this is happening over a course of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so you, you start off with the, I guess it's the people in the Phoenix Club or whatever. Is it the Phoenix Club at the beginning? Yeah. Uh, that uh you they they start off with this big huge party and you know you have you have uh people taking clothes off and <laughs> and you know and then by the end of it you see the the people who are in charge of that club they're up in their like rooms or whatever and they're like doing this face mash thing uh all based off of this uh breakup that he's had with Rooney Mara again um and uh and I, I noticed something I'd never really noticed her say this before in that opening conversation. And it's mainly because I probably have never watched this movie with subtitles. Um, huh. because there are two moments in this movie that are impossible to understand without subtitles. It's the beginning and it's the part where they're in the club with Justin Timberlake.
1: No huh. shit. The sound <laughs> that, oh, the, the, the dark club, the dance club. Yes. With him? When he's, oh, when, yeah, he's yeah. when
0: the Victoria's secret model goes off to the bathroom oh, yeah, yeah. and he, he does, I'm CEO bitch and all that. That's yeah. that, that, club scene i I remember when it came out in two thousand and ten in a theater. I couldn't hear what they were saying mm-hmm. um but uh but there's a point where she says the kind of guy she likes, and she mentions row crew in that in that oh, conversation oh wow, which leads to later when he when he asks the Winklevoss twins what they do and he's like, well we row crew you can see like an extra bit of motivation for him to really stick it to these guys. Mm. Yeah. Uh, It's something I had never seen before in this movie. And I was really happy that, that I'd finally seen, seen that Um, Zuckerberg's another character that you don't know quite know whether or not you should root for this guy. And knowing who the real Zuckerberg is these days, <laughs> you I know it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really tough to 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 root for that guy. But as it is in the movie, it's Jesse Eisenberg, and it seems like he has a little bit of a heart. Maybe not not a big one, but a little bit of one. Um, uh, the point where he said, "I love this line too," where uh, he's al- he's alone with Rashida Jones in that in that conference room and uh and he goes and she says do you hate these guys and he goes i don't hate anybody uh i'm not getting sued i'm not getting sued over this idea that i that i supposedly stole i'm getting i'm getting sued because for the first time in the winklevoss twins life something didn't turn out the way they wanted it to (laughs)
2: um
0: and i love that that sort of i don't know if that's even true or not but it's a truth for him and it really makes uh it really uh lets us understand where he's coming from and all of this and um social network is just a badass movie man it just i i this movie's 2 hours it goes by like nothing um uh it's 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 just technically just a beautiful movie uh it's just the the problem is we're having that we're dealing with facebook i think it transcends transcends facebook this sure. movie does cuz sure. you cuz i don't know what is the reputation of facebook these days how many people is it it's just an old person social networking site now, right
3: is it i, is I it, think so is
0: it in, is it any is it it's not cool anymore is it
3: oh no like i don't think anyone 25 and under is on facebook at all oh, i don't really? know i don't know where they are um but and i think a lot have gone to instagram and snapchat and tiktok and flip flap and zim zam. right but um <laughs> uh but yeah that's part that, that's part of it is it going to have that cultural long-lasting significance um but you're right i think it transcends facebook uh it's it's really about a lot more than just facebook honestly it's it about, is it's about a lot of different things and um yeah he says in that uh that other that other deposition if they were in the if they were in the inventors of facebook they would have invented facebook
2: mm-hmm.
3: and basically <laughs> his line the entire movie his moral line the entire movie is if you didn't get there before me tough for you mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and he justifies everything that he does by thinking that the first is best it's basically a ricky bobby of like coders back in <laughs> 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 if you're out first you're last um <clears throat> And, yeah, I don't think you're supposed to root for him. It does try and give him that that ending sort of suggests, you know, he's a person, too, and he's got feelings, yada, yada. But n- nothing he does the entire movie is anything but self-serving.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
1: even his even his obsession with uh, with Sean Parker is just self-serving. Absolutely. Right? Because this is a guy <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Garfield guy. can't get me to that level exactly this guy exactly.
0: it's so yep. funny too when he moves out to california and the the chimney like topples over or whatever and all that and sean parker Some comes, sean parker yeah sean parker comes over and, and he's like wow you moved out here he's like i'm just two houses down not even thinking that zuckerberg for sure bought that house <laughs> <just> because <laughs> Sean parker was there uh not right. even thinking of that uh but man yeah um it, this movie's just so kinetic and it's just the, the cinematography of it is so uh, interesting and uh, it draws your eye to every, I mean like every frame draw, you just draws your eyes into it. Um, uh, yeah. I
1: think with a different director, this movie would have been maybe watchable. Yeah. Like with, with Fincher in particular, he he's the best part of this movie. Now, Andrew Garfield does a great performance. Timberlake gives a great performance. Eisenberg gives a great performance. But, like, the reason that you watch this movie is because of how it looks and how it's paced and how it's written.
0: hmm Yeah. Uh, it goes up against Parasite. And really, honestly, guys, whatever wins out of this, I'm going to be very sad to see go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Parasite is still fresh in our minds. Uh, and, and I, and I'm sure the next time I see it, I'm going to see even more levels to Parasite that I didn't see before. Um, but there are so many different, uh, uh, things that Parasite is saying without really saying it. Uh, and, uh, and on top of that, it's just a very entertaining and creative movie.
3: It is like, you can watch it. This is, this is This is one of these rare movies, man. You can watch it on a a few different levels. You can just take it at the surface level of what the the characters do. And it's entertaining as hell. And one of the most inventive stories I've ever seen. In terms Mm -hmm. of, I was wholly unable to predict anything that was coming next. But there are lots of socioeconomic things being said. If you want to look at it from that level, there's the, the, the symbology of the the parasitic relationship and how many different ones there are in this movie that you can break apart. Um, and uh, you know, it's not every movie even tries to go more than one level. You know, you know like the fast and furious movies are going for one, for one level. <laughs> yeah. We don't need any layers here. Let's flatten the shit down to one level. Yeah. Uh, but parasite is creating this, you know, almost MC Escher, kind of a experience. It's really quite something.
1: Yeah. You know, last time I asked about, Is there any, is there an actual asshole in this movie? Like, you know, even, even the dad, I thought was just, he just did stuff that he, a person in his class would do, but he absolutely is. And he's obsessed with this smell that you guys were talking Mm -hmm. about the last time. This, this smell that the, the main father uh, has from the subway. He describes it as like, if you wash a rag or something like that, what that smells like. And as especially special he, he brings it up in the car, he tells him you got to fix it, he brings it up on the couch when he's snuggling with lady friend with uh, with wife and and says that he, the smell crosses the line. This guy doesn't offend me objection objectively, but his smell does. yeah and then that's what ultimately I, I will spoil this because uh I've got a question for you guys. Um, that's what gets him killed, right? Like his his offense to even, you know, picking up this guy's uh, uh, corpse to get his keys is what ends up getting him killed. Yeah. And so it's it's that's a layer that I didn't notice until the the last time I uh, watched it. But here's my question about the end of this movie. Why does I understand why the guy in the basement uh, clubs the, the the boy in the head? Why does he go after the girl in the party? Like, of all the people, why does he go after
3: her? Isn't it well isn't it did isn't she the first kill one he sees well, I mean well, he sees the whole he's at the all, back of the party they,
0: well they all all the whole entire family has been down in that basement, so. Uh, right. He's he, at this point, he's already killed one person. He's going to go for the whole family at this point. So, I think okay. So he's just going for there's the no next reason, person. In the family. There's no like, okay. There's no like, Oh, she needs to die because it's because it's really just because she's part of that family that he's seen come down into the basement. So I
1: see, I um, see. And he's got the bloodlust anyway at this point, right? Yeah.
0: I mean, one, I think once you've, or at least you think you've killed somebody, Uh, At that point, there's really no he doesn't feel like there's any turning back at that point. So, (laughs) yeah, God
1: damn. By the way, that's the the craziest. Matter of fact, this comes up in Cabin in the Woods, too, where you think there's no chance that stoner dude is still alive after like all that hacking in the grave and, and all that stuff where he actually turns the table on the zombies and turns out to be alive. I the biggest twist in this entire movie is that the kid survived mm-hmm. that head bonking, especially the second one. Yeah, like the
3: first one was bad. But then he just casually picks it up and whoop, yeah, man, the second time I was watching this movie, When that happened, I was like, man, I could have sworn he survived and the sister died. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and of course, that's what happened. But yeah, he survives this. Uh, If we ever seen that movie, for sure, he survives this. I noticed, I've seen it four times now. I watched it recently with my wife and she loved it. Uh, And I noticed something I hadn't noticed before and maybe it was obvious to you the first time. But um, there's a scene after they've all sort of gotten jobs in the house and everything's going really great and it shows them eating pizza at the place they tried to sell the boxes to in the very beginning when they were folding boxes to make money and she rejects like half the boxes. That's the (laughs) pizza place they can now afford to just go eat at instead (laughs) of folding boxes. And there's a, there's a socioeconomic commentary being made there Mm -hmm. in that they have, they're making enough money now working for the rich people. That they can sort of flout in front of this their former boss. Hey, uh, you work for us now. Um, anyway, but I they're wait. casual
1: about it, right? Like, do do they go out of their way to like you know nope. make sure that they know? It's just like they're just sitting there eating. Yeah. The, yeah, this whole family, everything they do is just so it it's it's casual, it's nonchalant. Like they're getting by, they're doing what they have to do. Yeah, and it's just it's played you know understated but it's
3: still beautiful to watch. It's still great performances. Yeah, and if I have one gripe, it's just that um, Morse code at the end mm, because yeah. that letter is fucking long, man. That letter has got to be three <laughs> or four pages long, and I don't know how you could... Morse. Who would even have the patience to go, well, I'll do this every night just in case somebody... What is he going to do? What if he catches you halfway through the message? It's so fucking long. Do you repeat it? It falls apart a little bit there for me, right? Right at the very, very end with the Morse code messages. But that's a very, very tiny, tiny gripe.
0: Uh, What are we going to pick between these two outstanding movies?
3: (laughs) Wow.
1: We've lived in one for uh, an entire decade. And then we've lived in one for an entire year, basically. Mm -hmm. Oh, geez. Jesus, Pete. I, I, because I've lived in it for so long, I'll pick Social Network. But uh, Parasite's a movie that I'm going to go back to a million times.
0: Okay. Me uh, or you, buddy? I'm going to pick Parasite.
3: Mm. Oh mm. Wow. Mm. <laughs> uh, before we started talking, I picked Parasite. Um, and it's the same uh, logic as last time. I think Social Network is... A potentially technically superior film. Uh, it is technically exemplary, um, but uh, Parasite is uh, far superior in terms of creativity and ingenuity. Um, and that seems to be what I'm craving more these days. And so Parasite wins. Yep. You're going Parasite? Yeah, we, knocked we knocked out the we social just, network. Just uh, knocked out the number Holy one seat s- with an eight seat. But,
0: but see, parasite. Uh, the more we watch this movie, this is not an eight seat.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. This that's is, true. This
0: is this is more like a two or a one on its own, and it just because it came in at the end of the year, and we didn't have much time with it, uh, it was ranked in the middle. Uh, but now more and more we've seen this thing. Parasite just keeps turning up wow. as this great movie. And it's an upset, but I say it's a quote unquote upset. Um, Parasite goes on to go against the cabin in the woods now.
1: Woo. Wow. This is
3: definitely our bracket. It is. <laughs> I agree with that. Like the social network, I think a lot of listeners, I'd pick that as a possible winner. Um, and in, I had when we started. I didn't know how it was all going to plinko out. 90,
1: 90% of brackets, the social network would go against gravity in the next round.
0: <laughs> but this is... <laughs> we do what we do. Yeah, we that's do. us, baby. We do. All right, everybody. It is time to talk about better help.
1: Better help. I am wearing the crap out of this service right now.
3: <laughs> I bet yeah. a lot of people are.
1: <laughs> I tell you what. And I want to couch this in saying that obviously... This uh, BetterHelp does not want circumstances to be the the way they are, but this is such a perfect time to sign up for BetterHelp if you are interested in online counseling uh, because of the social distancing and because of the not having to go anywhere, the ease of access and stuff like that. So I have been using it all the time. Uh, I shouldn't say all the time. I've been using it a lot more. Uh, both because of the ease of use and because I need it these days, man. Uh, it's been, I've said it before, it's been a rough time for me, anxiety-wise, and it's still so foreign to me. It's still such a new thing to me uh, that I'm still working on identifying it. I'm still working on like ways to deal with it. And so... Here's one other wrinkle. It's uh, you know my my kid is out from school. My family's uh, at home sheltering in place with me. Because of that, I don't really want to be loud and out there about like how you know screwed up I am and all that <laughs> stuff. So I I literally texted that to my my counselor, and she was like immediately. She said, "Well, we'll just do a live chat. Like we'll we'll just text it, and that's and that's it. It's a matter of fact. You schedule it the same way. I didn't even." really think about it. I think I knew that that was an option, but I forgot. Mm. And she immediately reminded me, we, we scheduled it for tomorrow and man, do I need that? So, uh, I, I, I can't recommend this more.
3: Yeah. And I think what's interesting is that, uh, you know, BetterHelp was, uh, fortunately ahead of the curve in that Yeah, I know people, friends of mine who are self isolating at home, who's used to go to therapy and those therapists are now doing video chat sessions with their clients mm um pivoting because everyone is sort of self isolating at least around these parts um and you know better help already has this huge infrastructure if you don't have a therapist already or if your therapist has not yet set something up to do tele teletherapy i guess
0: um you yeah. know
3: this is you know generally i found better help to be less expensive than most of the one to one therapy uh sessions that i have personally gone through um There are are thousands of licensed therapists on this service. Mm -hmm. You can stay in your home. They can stay in theirs. uh, And and these times are more stressful. Uh, There are probably people like me whose anxiety has peaked. There are probably people who have never realized they had anxiety who are now starting to realize, oh, maybe I have anxiety. Uh, And Mm -hmm. this is a a great service that um, I think, you know, I would be telling friends and family about even if it wasn't you know, a sponsor of the podcast. Yeah.
1: And, and, and I really want to emphasize that whole different methodology. It's not all what we're doing right now, where we're talking and we're seeing each other and everything, which is very useful when it comes to friends getting together and doing a podcast. Uh, but if you're living in like a situation with a roommate that you don't want them to really hear your business. Um, if you're, you're living in a, a situation where, where you just want to kind of um do a direct message type of thing that's available for for individuals by the way there is still a group counseling on this service too so if you need social interaction this is a great way to do it um betterhelp.com if you go to betterhelp.com/syncast uh you do get 10% off your first month uh, which wear it out like i said wear it out that first month uh, this is the month to do it um, and, uh, you know, hopefully that, that can help out a lot. Uh, betterhelp.com slash SYNCAST. Uh, we all need a little bit of, of help these days. I certainly do. Uh, and I've, I've found it with this service. Um, so I would encourage it. Betterhelp.com slash SYNCAST.
0: Uh, moving on to the West region. Uh, there is another one and eight. It's the Ex Machina versus Black Swan matchup.
3: Mmm. Black Swanica.
0: Uh, Black Swan is the movie that I have the most recent uh, viewing of. Um, uh, and uh, the this watching it the second time, though was just I picked up on so many different things about this movie that I didn't the first time. I think the last time I had seen it was when it came out. Um, oh, really? And, yeah, I don't think I had seen this after the theater, and that was ten years ago. Um, wow and so uh i think it was just one of those things where i was like yeah darren aronofsky he's good and yeah i need to watch that movie again but there's so much more that i picked up on that second round that uh really really like i like this movie way more than i uh, really i mean I, I like this more than i ever thought i would like this movie actually uh, mm. even after the first time where the first time I was like yeah that was good I, it's not a movie that I felt like I needed to see again but I definitely needed to see it again because uh, you just pick up on so many different things and uh, Natalie Portman we, we we talked about the last time Natalie this feels like almost a movie about Natalie Portman um, mm. because the she's, she's obviously good at playing the sweet white swan but Natalie Portman has never been that down and dirty type, uh, that you would think would be that could play an evil character. Um, and she's perfectly cast. If it's, if it's not about Natalie Portman, it's about an actress that's, or a dancer that's just like her, Mm -hmm. um, where you, you can't see her flipping that switch because especially with anybody who's watched movies as long as we have Natalie Portman, rose up as a child actress and she was always the sweet innocent person all the way through and like that's why that that's why that natalie portman rap on saturday night live is so funny because it's so (laughs) against type um and um and so she does this and and yeah the i i just love the i just love the fact that she is playing this character she's playing this this person who, who just can't flip that switch quite, quite yet. And a whole bunch of stuff has to happen to her. Unfortunately, psychological in nature to get to that point. And by the time she does get to that point, she's probably going to die.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you, uh, okay. I'm, I'm kind of just going through this to, to see how much experience they had uh, Mila Kunis and, uh, and Natalie Portman uh, in dancing because the dancing seems very authentic in this movie. Mm -hmm. I know the Benjamin Milliped had a hand in it. Who's actually a a ballet dancer, right? Who Mm -hmm. became her husband. Right. Uh, But uh, a few months closer to filming, she began uh, choreography training. Uh, Kunis engaged in cardio and Pilates training seven days a week, five hours for five, six months total. I cannot imagine
0: was- this singular focus <laughs> on one thing. Uh, oh. Just, you're like, okay, I have this movie. It's a Darren Aronofsky movie. I'm going to go into this this one little place, and for five goddamn hours, <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> fit and tone and and just shred my butt. Nope. Well, I mean, it,
1: it paid off. because I mean, it's just like with uh, <clears throat> Mickey Rourke going through his transformation to go get into the wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's, there's a specific type of authenticity that you can't get unless you, you have actors buy into stuff like that. And think, this one,
3: I think pays off. I think it's interesting. You brought up the wrestler. I was just thinking about how the wrestler and black Swan both uh, are asking, uh, w- would you kill yourself for your art? Yep. Mm um how far would you go how, how how much will you hurt yourself for the art that you love creating uh it's a very it makes me wonder to to go on a complete rant to the side it makes me wonder if making a movie is hard for Aronofsky and if it takes a toll on him physically or mentally uh to make a film and that's why this theme is seen in so much of his work. Just yeah. a side psychiatric thought. Yeah. You a see that
0: in uh, requiem for the, for a dream too. The the same, yeah. same sort of, would deal. you,
3: how would far you from? kill for your fix? Uh, would you kill yourself for your addiction? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, there's similar themes in mother too, uh, which, which is a movie that, I think is has now just been buried. I don't think I think people are just barely going to talk about Mother down the road, especially as it comes up with the Aronofsky films. Uh, but but it's got and also because it's so obscure and it's so allegorical that it's hard to really you know really grab by the cojones. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but it does have similar themes about. Um, yeah, rediscovery and rebirth and that kind of thing and and what you have to go through to get to a certain end
0: um it goes up against ex machina which of course we have praised on this podcast many times
1: mm-hmm.
0: um i don't even think we have to talk too much about it but uh anything anything new any new revelations on ex machina
1: mm-hmm. alicia vikander is awesome and even though like you think about Donald Gleason, and you think about obviously Oscar Isaac in this, like she, man, she nails it. Like even oh, yeah. up against those two powerhouse performances. And she's given by, by nature of her character, very little to do. Um, but, but I think she pulls it off, man. And she went on like the, her next role, wasn't it that she, did she
0: win the Academy award? Like for, was it Danish girl? Yeah. I think it was for Danish girl. She won. Yeah. um, do do you guys end up uh, in the same fate as Donald Gleason in this movie? Do you, if you guys were were thrown into this house? Yes. Are you locked up at the end? Are you?
3: Yes, I would fall in love with her. She would play me like a fiddle. I'm just a stupid romantic with a dick.
0: Pretty much the same. I, I feel the same way. Uh, at the end of it, it's easy to feel superior in some way, right? Like, oh, I know what happens. Yeah. Uh but I was thinking about this the other day I was like what would I how would I react to this because I would start feeling this sort of empathy and this sort of need to get her out of this and that she's really truly falling in love with me and that if I can if I can just get her out while Oscar Isaac is passed out I can I can take her home and we'll have a life together and all of that uh and you don't think about any of the stuff you don't think about that the ending of this movie you're just trying to get her safe so i i i think i would be locked up at the end too
1: i don't i was thinking about this a different way i don't know if i would have gotten to the point that he got to and i was trying to think who comes up with the plan is it her or is it him to get him drunk the day previous i think he does and then change the i don't know if i would have thought that way i may may be too dumb to get into this situation i don't
0: think i would have gotten to the point of (laughs) wanting to drug somebody or 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 have him pass out or anything like that i think i have a little bit of a a moral line there where i wouldn't cross (laughs) that but i may try to find a way to do it without doing that
1: i think you you definitely and alex garland does a great job with this you definitely need that scene of him watching the security footage of Oscar Isaac just murdering the fuck out of those robots. Otherwise you're going to feel a little bad for Oscar Isaacs because he, he's trying to do something, you know, these are, these are machines. These are not, not technically human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if we don't have that vicious slinging around and, and hacking up, which technically morally may be actually okay. It's his, they're his possessions but like if you don't have that rage then you you don't vilify him as much yeah, i think yeah
0: very true you you it's easy to think of of uh him as just any other inventor but then when that happens and and you've had an interaction with this machine who seems so human and everything then yeah when you see him doing that uh, behind you know behind closed doors and ripping up these machines it really does feel like he's doing something like evil there.
1: And that's the point that I think Donald Gleason makes his decision, right? Yeah. Is I think so. He's saying, Okay, well we're we're definitely gonna get you out of he here because I don't want you to her. suffer the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh okay, so between these two movies, what are we gonna pick? Yeah. 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 That's Ex Machina. These,
1: these are two noodle bakers, man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I choose ex- I'm I'm also going with Ex Machina. Yeah, and I'm picking Ex Machina
0: as well. Uh, this should be a harder decision. It just isn't. Um, it's just, <laughs> Black Swan is it's very true. The, the, I think the I think the the problem for Black Swan is that is as good as that movie can be, and there's not you, and it's going up against a movie that is just better than it. And you know it's just the way it goes for me, anyway. For some people, <laughs> Black Swan is probably way better than Ex Machina, uh, but uh, not in this not in this uh, congregation.
3: Not in our house. That's right. <laughs> our, houses.
0: Houses. Properly quarantined houses. Houses. Uh, Ex Machina will go up against the winner of Paddington too. Surprise! Twelve seed winner over Inside Out last time. And uh, the four seed, the Wolf of Wall Street.
2: This is the dumbest <laughs> matchup. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, this is really the absurdity of this whole exercise encapsulated right but here. even
0: if Inside Out had won it would be absurd Inside Out versus yeah, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street would have been absurd um, <laughs> uh, we mentioned Wolf of Wall Street earlier because of the big short and I think that's a, a proper analogy because it's again it's about people who are doing bad things Although The Big Short, they, uh, the Big Short. I guess the people in the movie are, are they good or are they just taking adv- taking advantage of a situation, and just smart? I don't know. One Wall Street, they're they're definitely bad people. <laughs> Jordan <laughs> Belfort is a horrible person, uh, and. um, and, uh, and they're, they're making this very entertaining movie out of the terrible shit he does. It does make you sort of self-reflect sometimes. Like, is there, am I the sick fuck here that <laughs> likes something like Wolf of Wall Street? Um, and, uh, and so, like, that's what I have to deal with all the time. Every time I watch this movie, I'm like, these people are such assholes. But, man, I love watching this. There's a there's a this has nothing to do with the quality of the movie, but there's something that happens in Wolf of Wall Street. This is a very tiny thing, but I see this a lot. I, I I don't like it when you see a person, uh, you see a commercial. Someone is in a some the main character is in a commercial, and they're going through, and you see a commercial like a normal commercial, and then by the end of it, you see that he got arrested during the filming, and they. They cut up this entire commercial like it's a (laughs) regular. That commercial would never get edited together in the way that it is, right? It would never get edited because he would have been arrested and they would have never aired the commercial. No one would have ever edited that commercial together. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Did that happen in Wolf of Wall Street? Was there like a Stratford, uh, Hartman, whatever the, the company? I don't remember it's that scene. towards the
0: end. And you see Jordan Belfort selling something of some sort. And he's, he's talking to the camera and, and, you know, call this number now and all that. And, uh, and the commercial goes like a normal commercial until the very end where like FBI agents come in and, and take him away.
3: Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that would never happen. In
0: other words, that commercial would never have been edited together. It would have never been put on TV. Yeah. Uh, I see what they're trying to do. They're, they're trying to have this joke where it's funny. Like, Hey, look at this commercial. It's funny. But then by the end of it, he's getting arrested and everything, but it's uh it's a fully formed production. I don't know if, <laughs> if, if I'm making sense, you may have to watch the commercial, but um, yeah,
1: I, I think I remember. Uh,
0: anyway, uh, I just recently saw Paddington too. Uh, mm. and that was a couple weeks ago for this matchup before inside out. And I guess it's possible recency bias got in creeped in on that, on that matchup. And I picked Paddington too. Um, but, uh, but man, it, it's, it is way better than I, it's way better. Like this movie shouldn't be called Paddington too. <laughs> I agree. I think that may <laughs> be the problem with this movie, right? Like it, it's, it's tough to just go, it, it's tough the reason why that matchup is funny is because we're saying paddington too if it was called you know piece of fruit in the cup with a teddy bear <laughs> um then then it would be a different sort of situation um but paddington 2 is delightful it's really delightful mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. every bit as
3: delightful as wolf of wall street is hard r-rated mm-hmm. yeah um uh and you know it's 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 an absurd matchup because one is not just a kid's movie, but this this really heartwarming tale uh, that you can't help but smile at. Like, they should have called Paddington 2, like, bottled magic.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's going up against Wolf of Wall Street where, you know, that doesn't necessarily charm me. It doesn't, <clears throat> doesn't bottle any magic that makes me smile. It's a It's the opposite end of the spectrum, right? It's like all of all of the worst ways humanity can behave (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah
2: Yeah.
3: did you
1: uh what happened brandon gleason in paddington 2 sets up the whole prison break uh using paddington right and then he drops i'm trying to determine his motivation for this he wants to keep paddington with him right like he wants him to to go off into the wherever they're going the countryside Right. And then some, he comes back.
0: They have some plan that I can't remember what they're trying to do. Uh, do you,
1: But he wants to go back to the family, obviously.
0: Yeah. Paddington, Paddington wants to go back to the family. But Jeremy probably best uh, answers this question. Uh,
3: um, their greater plan involved leaving and going after, going to either escape to some island or after some kind of treasure and they turn back and decide to come back and help save Paddington at the end. He comes they back, and Han
1: Solo's in,
3: right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So they were initially, I think, happy to let Paddington come along for part or all of their plan, uh, but they end up abandoning what still made them criminals, I guess, at the end to mm. make themselves heroes to come save the day. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's beautiful. Um, it's
0: fantastic. It's this is this is uh, like I said, this is a stupid matchup, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Wolf of Wall Street here um as mu- as much like it it's it's shooting a cute teddy bear in the face that's how <laughs> ridiculous this matchup is i think paddington 2 deserves a lot more but uh that's just the way this goes i'm gonna pick wolf of wall street here
3: it's shooting a teddy bear in the face with quaaludes and semen yeah 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 <laughs> can't argue with that i enjoyed wolf of wall street every time i've seen it i think i've seen it three or four times, but the movie makes me feel dirty. And even though it is funny, it's mean. It's just mean. These people are mean. Mm -hmm. And today I choose kindness. I choose Paddington too. (laughs) Wow. I, I choose the bear
1: over the wolf. Yeah. Split decision. Wow. You know, it's funny in Wolf of Wall Street, the Matthew McConaughey scene doesn't necessarily have to be there because we know like he, 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 the stocks immediately crash, like right after that scene. And, uh, we also know that Jordan can sell anything. Like, he, he doesn't use this specific training for anything other than like some inside knowledge about Wall Street. It's just there purely for the comedy. But that comedy is so great. It's essentially a monologue of him going off on his craziest Matthew McConaughey isms and looking intensely in his eyes the entire time. Like, do you jerk off? You know, here's here's what you need. And he's telling the bartender, you know, I want you to fill this. And then as it goes down, I want you to come back 12 minutes later. And then I want you to refill it again. And this is like lunchtime. This is like 11 o'clock in the morning, whatever. It's, it's such a delight to watch. I've watched that scene alone, like, you know, dozens of times. Anyway, that's my pick. Wolf, oh!
0: Wolf of Wall Street will go up against... Ex Machina, no, no, the next time we run into that. Uh, you teddy bear fuckers. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. Rue <laughs> the day. Uh, well, go on. Start ruining. <laughs> um. We, God damn it. We get to our final two. We'll see. Paddington 2 would have gone against Ex Machina, so... Eventually <laughs> it he was mean. gonna get shot in the face. <laughs> um we go to our final two matchups in this West region. Uh this is probably uh alongside Parasite and Social Network as the toughest matchup. Uh the six seed Zero Dark Thirty and the three seed Interstellar.
3: Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm just chastain versus chastain
0: yeah it's it's uh some chastain on chastain violence for sure Ooh,
2: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Uh-huh. yeah that sounds good i think she would
0: make oh. that look good um but uh <laughs> yeah i saw i saw both of these recently um I, probably around the same time uh but yeah interstellar is just striking how much it gets better every time you watch it i've seen it now probably a good four or five times, somewhere around there. Um, And and the first time I saw it, I thought that it was just kind of a, a weaker Nolan effort. And now I think it's one of his best, um, if not his best. Mm -hmm. Um, So,
1: you know, what's weird about, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You know, what's weird about both of these movies is that, uh, and maybe it's her choice. Jessica Chastain is one of the most beautiful women in the universe Mm -hmm. but neither of these movies make a point of really anybody saying like calling attention to it right like she's in a sea of dudes uh, like you know testosterone dudes in zero dark 30 but nobody's out there like damn i want to hit that you know that kind of thing in both
0: movies she's the smartest person in the room and that is more apparent than any kind of beauty that she has yeah uh, i think that's very cool uh, it is very cool. I, the, the movies also don't really have time to get into that, kind yeah. of Thing if if it would be it would be patently ridiculous if Jason Clark and Zero Dark Thirty suddenly was like, hey, let's let's go hit it, let's go hit a bedroom real quick, you know. I tell you what,
3: <laughs> if Michael Bay had made that movie, he and Jessica Chastain would have had sex in the Lamborghini before it got delivered to the Prince guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Didn't he?
1: Did Bay do? Like, uh, what is this uh, coming to my head? Krasinski and Bay did some sort of military movie. Are you familiar with those? Is it 13
0: Hours? I don't know if Bay directed that movie, but um, he may have been a producer. But that's the movie you're thinking of. Cause-
1: I think okay. he
3: directed it. I think I'm, he directed I'm just curious
1: it. because, yeah, he totally would have done that. <laughs> uh it was produced by Michael Bay. It was directed by Michael okay, Bay. So yeah, Michael Bay I wonder
0: him. if if somebody fucked an, in a Lamborghini. <laughs> in it Lamborghini. Probably did. <laughs> um, I remember. Um, I remember uh, back in the day when Schwarzenegger was at the top of his game, and and uh, they had, like some some uh, talk show host asked him. Like, do you get, do you have any like sex scenes in your movie or whatever? And he's like, he's like, well, no, not in, in the movie predator. There's not a, not a chance for us to go off and have some nookie in the woods. You know, we, <laughs> we, we, we don't have time for that thing. You know, um, <laughs> it's like, it's just, a, it's such a weird question that they used to get away with back in the day. Like, so is there any sex in this? Hey, let's talk. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, they, they would they would find some way to make this, you know, like uh, you know, Tawny Catane and in, in the uh, what's the what's the is it the White Snake video? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, Tawny Catane would be Jessica Chastain. Uh. <laughs>
1: um, I'm sure that a lot of that has to at least with Zero Dark Thirty. You're right. It is. It would be patently absurd for this to happen. But Catherine Bigelow directing, I'm sure you know help mitigate some of that circumstance mm-hmm. too. Even sure. again like as you know testosterone as these guys are and how beautiful she is, they don't even broach that subject.
3: Yeah. No, but but if but if Bay had done Interstellar, somebody would have danced animal crackers on her naked tummy before he went up in the space. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. That's exactly what would have happened. Um <laughs> but yeah, uh and yeah, she's just so fierce in both of them, especially in Zero Dark Thirty where you could swear that, like, she hasn't had an actual... She hasn't, like, actually laid down to sleep since, you know, for a week or something. Like, right. there, there's <laughs> it, there there's no doubt that she's... Like, by the end of that movie where she's on that airplane or whatever, and she's in that hangar, and she's all by herself, and, uh, and she finally can just sit down and not chase bin Laden anymore. I can feel that just like that just pressure getting released from her at the end of that. She doesn't have to do this anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I, I feel like also there, there might be it's if you're, if your whole life has been dedicated to this one thing, you probably feel a little bit of weird sadness about it too.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's a finality to it. You know, it's like I'm probably, in a very different way like retiring from the nfl at like 31 you know and you're like oh even if like i'm at the top of my game and i have all the accomplishments i'm 31 years old i think it's
3: more i think it's more uh uh, that relief and remorse when you leave an abusive spouse uh in that the the abuse and that spouse have become so much a part of your identity. Like chasing bin Laden was all she was about for years. And you don't just turn that switch off and know how to fucking operate. Like she's going to have to learn how to human all over again. Um, Well, yeah.
1: None of it was pleasant, right? Like she was, she
3: was, Blocked at
1: every step of the way, yeah. and she's chasing after this repugnant person. She's talking to repugnant people yeah. to get to this repugnant person. All of this was pain and
0: misery. She You're right. You're eight right.
3: years of foul-smelling shit. <laughs> <that> I don't even want to imagine. She,
0: um, she, she, and there's all sorts of different phases to this uh, long amount of time too. Uh, uh, at first, where nobody's talking. And she's actually involved in the torture of these people. Uh, then to the point where uh, the, the you know, the, the president's change and the philosophy about uh, asking these people questions change where her life becomes in danger because of that. Because now, uh, you know, they've got lawyers and the lawyers can talk and say, well, this is the woman that's been, uh, doing all the torturing that you guys were talking about uh, to the point where she has to fight all these people trying to uh, explain why she's right. And it's hard. It's very hard when you have as scant evidence as she has in this. And 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 I know that we we're sitting there rooting for her and we want her to succeed and we know she's right. But think about the evidence that she has to like base all of this on and has to base a whole Navy SEAL operation on uh, if you're wrong uh, if you're wrong then you've got Bin Laden probably on the move again and changing up a whole bunch of things and you know the, the, there's no wonder it took so long for it to happen um, because there's, they're going on this such the scant evidence and everything It's uh, that movie is just amazing to watch um, it goes up against Interstellar um, I mean, like I said, these two movies, how in the world, how in the world do you pick between these two? Um, you know,
1: what's uh, up with uh, Interstellar, like Casey Affleck is, is a douche. Yeah. And it, you know, he's, he wasn't a douche the Timothy Chalamet version of Casey
0: Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: He wasn't a douche. So no. he became a douche. But he became a douche. I guess over those messages and all that, right? He became
0: right? a douche because... Uh, he he realized that he he had basically had come to the conclusion that their dad left them, just left them. He's yeah. already he's already good with that. That's 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 his truth in that movie. Um, and and she
1: believes that he's coming well, back, right? He because also, he says,
0: well, no, she also thinks that he just left, but she's going to try to solve the problem at least. And I don't think she's getting to the point where she would put other people in danger because I mean like the, you know, uh, Casey Affleck's kid is, has got that, you know, that the black that, lung. Yeah. He's got the black <laughs> lung and he doesn't want to move or anything like that. You know, he just wants to, I mean, that's even more douchey, uh, but she doesn't, yeah. I mean, obviously she doesn't have a kid to have that same kind of decision, but she tells them you need to get the fuck out of here uh, and treat your kid. And he's not mm. having it. Uh, he's he's already sort of given up on uh, having a cure for that.
3: Yeah, he's basically accepted fate, right? Yeah, dad left. We're all gonna die. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, he's a fatalist, I guess, in that regard. He really is. Uh, he is a douche. This, uh, this he's not the only douche. Matt Damon's a pretty big douche. Matt Damon is a <laughs> big old fat douche. All those Boston guys are douches. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I do love that reveal, though, um, because at least the first time I saw this movie, I never saw that coming, that uh, maybe I was just too naive, uh, maybe I hmm. didn't realize the runtime was two and a half or two hours and 45 minutes or whatever, <laughs> but I didn't see him turning heel like that, and so it really kept me on my toes.
0: Yeah, Um. I, I mean, I still have a lot of questions about that Tesseract thing at the end. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it is meant to be something that you're not supposed to totally understand really uh, because we aren't, we don't think in that whatever fifth dimension that they were talking about in the movie or how, is that how far they get in the dimensions? Five, six. Mm. They, they, they talk about that being like a fifth dimension. Like it would there's a, I guess there's a, like if you were to, if a 2d, if a functioning 2D character were to enter a 3D world, they wouldn't know what they're watching. They wouldn't know what they're seeing. Mm. Um, whereas in you know the mm. discussion about that being a, a fifth or sixth dimension or whatever, we as three dimensional people don't have the capability of understanding that. Um,
3: what I do know is that the Tesseract is definitely Cobb's totem.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it can only... And it's at the bottom
3: of the ocean, It can too. only
0: act one way, and that is to show a bunch yeah. of uh, images of your daughter when she's 12 years old in her room. And, yeah. and, and if it doesn't do that, you're in somebody else's dream. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do they
1: start... Uh, do McConaughey and Hathaway start boning at the, the end of this movie? Not, not on screen, but do they get together at the end of this movie? It is implied.
3: Together? It's implied. Oh, you mean the characters cut?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's implied because... They uh, do in Serenity. Because she she goes to the planet. This is one of the themes of that movie, is that she goes to the planet that she wanted to go to in the first place because the dude that she loved was on, was on that one planet. And she was like, I have no real uh, scientific basis for it. It's just that I feel like right. this is the one. And of course, she goes there and finds out that that guy is dead at this point, but... Uh, after oh, I see. after McConaughey yeah. has gone back and he's seen his daughter, who is now appears to be way older than he is. Um, and he has nothing left for him on this new place that they're living. Uh, he he's like, well, uh, I think I think even it's his his daughter that encourages him to go find Anne Hathaway.
1: Right. She says, like, go, go find him. But Anne Hathaway has gone to the planet already with her with her dude but her dude is dead yes and that's yeah. what opens She's up single. I, got I got you. i was wondering yeah. how that worked
0: well, everything's looking up mcconaughey <laughs> 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 wow right all right all right <laughs> um so yeah he's going he's going out there and i don't know if he in his mind he thinks oh yeah we're totally going to be boning when we get there but maybe yeah. it's just that he needs to be around somebody who has been through the things he's been through, and the Earth, or whatever—I can't remember what—they're—they're they're on some moon at the end of it,
1: right? Yeah, it's—it's it's a like a setup right next to the, the the porthole to the yes, the universe, yes, yeah. Uh,
0: and, you know, there's nothing here for me anymore. uh I can't understand this kind of life, but I can understand the kind of life that Anne Hathaway is about to have on that other planet. So, yeah, because I
1: mean, they're the only two people in the universe <laughs> that have ever really done this.
0: Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it uh, this is these are two movies I can't stand to see one of these leave, but one mm. of them is going to stand you. One of them is going to have to.
3: <laughs> Who wants to start? I'll start. I don't think this is as emotional for me. Um, I love Interstellar, but uh, it's Zero Dark Thirty all the way for me. It's whoa, it's, it's tighter, um. You know, we're, I'm 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 nitpicking like crazy, but Interstellar, you re- I really feel all two hours and forty whatever minutes of that movie, and it sometimes feels like it's two hours and forty minutes before they even go to space, uh, <laughs> like fifty minutes before they even go to space. And
1: It is a little lengthy, yeah.
3: And the tesseract is a little difficult to really wrap my brain around, uh, which is kind of the whole way the whole story works. Um, whereas uh, and that movie makes me feel feels and it turns on my brain. But um, Zero Dark Thirty is just gripping from beginning to end. And uh, that's my pick. The otters.
1: So I, I get the same feeling. And even though I don't want this to be pejorative to the real life events, I get the, the same thing with Zero Dark Thirty. I think it drags a little bit for me uh, towards the beginning and maybe a little bit in the middle. Um, and yes, you're right. There are stretches in Interstellar where... You feel the weight of the movie, but I'm okay with the weight of the movie, so I'm going to go Interstellar.
0: Mm. Wow! Whew. I was not expecting mm. to have to decide on this one. I mean to to decide the uh, the bout. Um, I am going with uh, Interstellar on this one. Wow! Wow! Oh, um, keep you guys are making such bad decisions today. <laughs> <sighs> Um, I, I, interstellar, uh, especially see both of these movies have a, both of them have 30 minute stretches that are impossible to look away from the, the yeah, Navy seal yeah. raid is, is, is just another white knuckle thing. Now that I think about it, but yeah. that whole back and forth between uh the the home home on earth with jessica chastain and casey affleck and then the thing with mcconaughey and damon that that whole thing is just a it's just something that just involves me heavily in that movie um and i just i just get so like wrapped up in interstellar um and Zero Dark Thirty, as much as I love it, I think that Navy SEAL thing is the main thing for that movie, even though the, the journey getting to it is excellent. Um it's just that I feel like there's more there's more in Interstellar
3: and also. I was just joking and I should have let you explain before I told you your decision was bad. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh <clears throat> Yeah, no, this is uh this we're splitting hairs here. So
0: we really are. I again I like there's another universe where these two movies are nowhere near the same bracket and they end up somewhere in the final four. Uh, (laughs) and it's just the way of the beast, the way these brackets work. And I hate seeing zero dark 30 go, but that's the way it's going to happen.
3: But you love to watch it leave. I (laughs) do. I do.
0: (laughs) I do. Uh, why didn't Jessica Chastain fuck anybody in those movies? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: or in the martian that's right that's right
0: um interstellar will go up against the winner of the two seed get out and the seven seed now the ten seed scott pilgrim versus the world
3: whoa Mm -hmm. whoa man
0: yeah it's a tough one um (laughs) uh both of them i think have uh creative points uh like as as much as scott pilgrim versus the world sort of announces itself as that get out uh is a totally different kind of story you've never seen anything like that before
1: nope nope and uh you know what's funny when we first reviewed run uh get out (laughs) (laughs) i made an no i that's the the name of the song i want to talk about uh, I actually made a negative comment that the movie takes a while to start because it has the, uh, the 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 musical interlude when Lakeith Stanfield gets attacked, and then it's got the the crazy pan over the uh, the, um, the the nature and the trees and stuff like that. Where I think it's that big choral chanting music. And then it uh, then it goes into the childish Gambino song when we get to Chris's apartment when we get to uh, Daniel Kaluuya's apartment. Um, going back and watching that now, it, it's so necessary and it's so perfectly paced. And I was completely wrong. And especially that uh, that song that's playing when um, uh, Norman Reedus. Is-
0: it's not Caleb Landry
1: Jones.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was sitting there going, he likes to say, Norman Reedus. Where did he play? You mean the kid, the brother.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. When he kidnaps uh, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, the song is playing run rabbit run is, is very indicative of what the theme of the, 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 movie is. All this is so deliberate and all so perfect. And I, I love this movie so much
0: yeah get yeah, out talk about a movie that you can watch multiple times and just keep finding new things if it's not the if it's not like some sort of image or some sort of situation, there's something like that what you're talking about with the song. you know yeah. I mean, I wasn't even I never really thought about that before the run rabbit run song because uh, I don't think I've paid enough attention to that scene to to know that song at
1: the time i didn't even realize like why why would this like it 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 seems out of place for an otherwise like perfectly paced movie but it but it was perfectly placed and i'm stupid (laughs) uh but uh yeah no i mean that that uh caleb Landry jones character is played so menacingly that like it'll send chills down your spine like Like, when he it's crazy
3: when he shows up i think is when it It starts to turn, right? Yeah. Because up until then, it's been weird and being so not racist, it makes me think you're racist. But when the moment he shows up, it gets darker and scarier to where, like, he wants to, like, wrestle him and, like, it takes an edge from that moment on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you can see in the family's reactions to him where they're, they're kind of like, you know, uh, they're saying, oh, don't do that. But they're not really like leaning into it like, oh, you're, what you're saying is wrong. Right. They're just gently chastising him. And you're like, I, all right, there's even more going on. Is today.
0: that what's going on? Or is it more that they're a little bit worried that he'll give it away too early?
1: Being, like- I think I think that's the reason they even say anything. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> otherwise they'd just be like, oh, well, it'd be fine. Yeah. But he is going over the top so much that they're just kind of like, so, but we don't know that at the time that we're watching this for the first time, mm-hmm. but that's, what's so unsettling to it is like, why aren't they chastising him more? You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Well, and I think that's the. there's supposed to be a difference, right? I think he's supposed like like, like uh, the girl is, she's clearly the good, the good kid who has bought into the system. She keeps bringing new boyfriends home for them to whatever. Uh, whereas he's like the, the bad child like the one yeah. that keeps getting in trouble and is impatient doesn't play the role all the way through and so he's the one that threatens the balance uh too like too soon like you said so yeah such a great movie mm-hmm. yeah um
0: and then it uh so we're get out is going up against scott pilgrim versus the world um mm. another movie that is 10 years old um wow yeah. Uh, we had yeah like, 2010 was representing for sure in this in this uh, bracket um
1: and this is when michael sarah and jesse eisenberg were the same person
0: they kind of were <laughs> they had they're both both a hyperactive type of uh although i don't know sarah i don't know if i ever made that sort of i mean i'm sure they were going for the same roles a lot back then <laughs> Uh, but Eisenberg feels a little bit more coffee nervous than Michael Cera does. Mm.
1: Sarah does. Yeah, yeah, I could do that.
0: Sarah plays, I think, a little bit more understated in his roles, whereas Eisenberg is always up in your face. I'm talking to this. I'm talking like this. Blah, 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 blah. You know? Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, um, I didn't expect anything from this. I thought it was weird that Edgar Wright was making this movie when I saw Shaun of the Dead and hot fuzz. I was like, this is so different. This is like one of those movies that somebody makes when they're finally, they finally get to go to America and they get to make their movie. And, and although this is Canada, but uh, it's, it's always That's close. it's enough. always so different. It's always like a, and, it, and, and for the most part, like it, it is because it's got that comic book flavor to it, but it's a very Edgar Wright movie
1: mm-hmm total oh i i didn't even realize even though it's very obvious that this comes in the middle of the cornetto trilogy mm-hmm. right like because this is the end comes is it After. this is no yeah, yes. it's the world's end
0: it's uh dead man's chest yes it's the world's end it's you're right it is so weird that
1: he broke up you know, that trilogy, I guess it was just availability and funding and stuff like that to to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't think about that. You think of that Cornetto trilogy coming out kind of sequentially.
0: You know? Yeah. Um. But, you know, it's just, I I thought looking at the trailers and everything, I was like, this is going to be, this is going to go over the top in a way that I'm going to hate. But it actually ends up being over top in a way that I love. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so it goes up against Get Out. Uh, I can easily say that I'm picking Get Out
1: here. This ain't even a contest right here. I love Scott Pilgrim probably more than any of the three of us, and Get Out's on a whole different level.
3: Well, I was going to vote for Get Out. (laughs) Uh,
0: Get Out is the unanimous uh, choice to move on against Interstellar.
1: If it were Canadian, it would be Get Out. Get Out, yes.
0: (laughs) It would be. It would be. Uh, Let's look at our Sweet 16 real quick, and then we'll sign off. Um, Over in the north region, we have Mad Max Fury Road going up against the nice guys. Then we have La La Land versus Hell or High Water. Mm. Then we have Inception versus Spotlight in the east region. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Raid 2 versus the Martian. And then over here, the uh, Sweet 16 that we just uh, solved today, Parasite is against the Cabin in the Woods,
1: The Big Short. (laughs) What a crazy (laughs) upset on both of those.
0: Yeah, no kidding. The Big Short versus Her, Ex Machina versus The Wolf of Wall Street, and Interstellar versus Get Out. Wow. Wow wowzers and those are the even though the some of these are obviously weird choices to get to the 16 i love this 16 yeah me too uh yeah that's here uh i know that there are a couple in there that i would like over the ones that are still in but they had to go up against uh they had you know they had to go up against uh, other movies in their respective brackets so yeah it's just the way yeah just the way it goes
3: this
0: should be weird uh shit be (laughs) weird it is right um okay so what did you guys think of uh of this so far and i'm trying to think of what we might be doing next week do you think we'll be doing the whole sweet 16 or we do a half of it that's that's Uh, only
3: eight matchups right yeah yeah i think we do the whole thing Yeah, we're gonna do the whole sweet 16
0: so uh so yeah go over those uh if you haven't seen some of these movies uh, but uh, go to Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook, which we badmouthed earlier in this uh, <laughs> in this episode. Uh, but uh, go over there and, uh, and uh, give us some comments on this episode. We can also go to CinemaSins Twitter. Music Video Sins Twitter. We're on SoundCloud. We're also on Discord. If you want to get on Discord, you can go to our Reddit page and find a link on the right side. Or you can go to the Facebook page and private message me and I'll give you a link there. But that's going to do it for this week. It's Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott, and Barrett Sher. We'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.
3: Don't click out!
1: Don't click out. That means me too. Just don't click. Just don't click. We managed to work in a Wolf of Wall Street outtake where the dude goes, I will not die sober. (laughs) (laughs) Get the (laughs) loot! Can I start the recording? Okay. All right.
3: How do I chat on this bitch?
1: That guy, man, I don't even know how you stay in the shape that he's in, given the stuff that he can do. you know what I mean,
3: yeah, he's spry for a tubby guy mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> it's like it's like Chris Farley coming out and doing the the Chippendales dance,
3: yeah <laughs> yeah wasn't that
1: that uh like there was some acting, obviously, but wasn't Swayze like genuinely like shocked that he could actually do that I think
3: so. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody was. Oh my god! He what's what's
1: out. hilarious? The best thing is that Kevin Nealon never broke. No, like for a second. No, I can't. Like, can you imagine being in that room and not
3: laughing? <laughs> no. <laughs> Although, to his credit—well, not to his credit—to take credit away from Kevin Nealon, they probably rehearsed it several times. <clears throat> That's
1: true, but he was looking at it like almost clinically. He was like. Hmm, I like what you did there. Okay. Okay, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It really just comes down to the body. (laughs) He's just got a much better body. Um, I'll tell you what, man, that Krasinski is killing it right now. Boy. Uh, You know, I mean, so Quiet Place 2 has been indefinitely delayed, right?
3: Uh, I think it's looking at the fall or Christmas.
1: Okay, but yeah, that whole Chris sent that Hamilton thing that he did. He did, yeah. That he somehow or Lin Manuel Miranda arranged, and it was I, I, it's so awesome. I got chills, man. (laughs) I did too. Oh my god! Because I had never heard the. Well, I I may have heard it, but I haven't. I don't have the relationship with the original cast recording like you guys do yeah uh and that was really cool seeing david diggs and like all those guys man it was all of
3: them too like even the people who are just like dancers and chorus members from the original cast where they got them all man that was awesome
0: that video is uh the the krasinski video is is really fun and i i recommend that above everything but they're all if you want to see the original cast you can also find the a video of them doing it for president Obama uh, a few years ago, at least doing two, maybe two or three songs. I can't remember how many songs it was, but they're in the, they're in some sort of, uh, I don't know, meeting hall place or whatever. And there's a bunch of, you know, fold out chairs or something like that for everybody to watch them. I'm sure they did the whole thing, but like for, for YouTube, they have like two or three videos for it.
1: So I would watch (laughs) that too. It's amazing, you know, when we saw Hamilton in Nashville, uh, the 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 Hamilton moment, the reveal. What's your name, Alexander Hamilton? Like that's a, a real showstopper. Like everybody just like woo, and then to see that with Lin Manuel Miranda staring into a Skype screen with fucking like <laughs> yeah, 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 that line, yeah. I still got the same kind of feeling.
2: It was like that's yeah. all. Awesome.